Today we're talking about Daniel chapter 10, and what we find is that Daniel received a, a vision, and he didn't understand it. He was disturbed. This happened in the third year of King Cyrus, which was probably 536 or 535 B.C. The exiles have already returned. Daniel's been fasting. He hasn't been eating meat or wine or using lotion. And fasting is a sign of desperation or humility before God. It is a way to intensify your prayers. Fasting is, is not a, a way to manipulate God into doing anything, but it is an expression of a humble and hungry heart, a heart desiring for more from God. Daniel's at the Tigris River. The, the river was 20 miles north of Babylon, and so it's possible that Daniel took leave and went on a retreat as he's seeking the Lord. He could have been there for business. Uh, then what happens is he has this uh, amazing experience where a man dressed in linen with a belt of fine gold from a pause around his waist. His, his body was like topaz, his face like lightning, his eyes like flaming torches, his arms and legs like the gleam of burnished bronze, and his voice the sound of a multitude. Now, this is very similar to the description in Ezekiel chapter 1, where it refers uh, to uh, the living creatures, but it also is a whole lot like Revelation chapter 1, where it's describing Jesus. Um, it says, John had a vision of a son, uh, someone like a son of man dressed in a robe, reaching down to his feet with a golden sash around his chest. His hair was white like wool, as white as snow. His eyes were like blazing fire. His feet were like bronze glowing in a furnace, and his voice was like the sound of a rushing water. Uh, and so it is possible that Daniel has a vision of Christ um, and that it's an angel who speaks to him, or it's possible that he, this is what the angel looked like. And so there's, scholars are a little split about whether it was just an angel the whole time or if it's possible that Daniel had a vision of Christ um, but the angel is the one who spoke to him. So we see that those around like Daniel couldn't see what Daniel saw, but terror overwhelmed them and they fled. It's similar to Saul on the road of Damascus. He was the only one who experienced or heard the voice from heaven, but others around them uh, knew something was going on. Daniel is overwhelmed. He has no strength left. And he falls uh, to the ground, um, his face to the ground, and he fell into a deep sleep. One of the things we want to know is that when we encounter the presence of God, it is normal to fall down. Uh, we cannot stand in God's presence. And so uh, people are not going to go up to God and ask him, you know, demand that he answer their questions when they die and, and they meet God. Instead, what happens is people are overwhelmed by the righteousness, the holiness, the majesty and glory of God. Um, an angel touched Daniel, a hand touched him, and we see in verse 11, the angel says, Daniel, you are highly esteemed. 
And that phrase, highly esteemed, it it just reflects a a preciousness to God. And it is a a, a label that is not given to many in Scripture. Uh, Abraham was called a friend of God. Mary was greeted as uh, that she had found favor in God's eyes. Jesus in in Isaiah, the Lord's servant, is described as the one in whom uh, God delights. But this is a this is quite the the label that he gets. One who is highly esteemed, who is precious to God. And so the angel is there, and he is there to give understanding. Um, and he, he says, consider carefully the words I'm about to speak to you and stand up. I've been sent to you. Now, one of the things we, we want to remember is that uh, even though Daniel has received a vision from God, he still needs understanding. And this word, consider carefully, Daniel needs to think about it. He needs to reflect on it. Just because he hears it doesn't mean he's going to understand and apply it accurately. And so in the same way, we need to consider Scripture. We need to think about it. We need God to give us understanding. We need the Holy Spirit to guide us into the truth so that we can apply it. So even though Daniel gets a message from an angel, he still needs to consider it. Now, verse 12, it says, Don't be afraid, Daniel, since the first day you set your mind to gain understanding and to humble yourself before God, your words were heard, and I have come in response to them. But the prince of the Persian kingdom resisted me 21 days. Then Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me because I was detained there with the king of Persia. Now, this is uh, one of the clearest examples in Scripture of spiritual warfare. And what we see here is that there is a king of Persia. Now, he's not talking about the human king. He is talking about an evil angel. He is talking about an evil spirit that had power over the Persian kingdom. And God sent this angel in response to Daniel's prayer, but somehow in God's sovereignty, this evil spirit, this evil uh, spiritual king could prevent the angel from coming to Daniel for three weeks. And this demonstrates also that there are times when we pray and God gives an answer but that answer can be delayed. Daniel had no idea that there was a spiritual battle going on, that there was spiritual resistance preventing the answer from coming. But we see that that God had given an answer. Um, we see that there was resistance uh, from the devil, from an evil spirit, but uh, the power of the evil spirits is limited God sent Michael, who is uh, the chief angel for the people of Israel, to come and provide assistance so that he could get the message to Daniel. You know, in our, our modern context, this can be difficult to understand or difficult to believe. Um, but what we know from Scripture is that there are evil spirits. There are demons, which are fallen angels, and they exert influence and control over territories. Uh, and so 
This sounds weird to our modern ears, but Paul writes in 2 Corinthians 4, the God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so they cannot see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. Now, there are people who have developed uh, theologies of territorial spirits and how we as believers uh, should pray to break the power of territorial spirits. Uh, the scripture doesn't say a whole lot about um, how we respond um, to demons who may have power over geographical areas or nations. What we do see in this text is that Daniel's prayer and fasting bring the breakthrough. And so sometimes uh, we need to fast to see God's kingdom advance. Uh, Daniel, at no time uh, does he interact directly with this evil spirit. His prayers are directed toward God. His focus is on God. His focus is on repenting for his people. And his fasting is, is toward that end. And so he is not engaging uh, with the territorial spirit, he is engaging with God. And I believe that sets an example for us in how we pray and how we fast. Stephen Miller sums it up this way. Uh, we can learn some, some important things from this passage. One, angels are real. Two, there are good and there are evil angels. Three, angels can influence the affairs of human beings. And this passage teaches us that angels inspire human government and leaders. We also learn that angels and demons are in conflict with one another. John Piper says this about Daniel 10. He says, take the supernatural seriously and realize that we are in a warfare that cannot and should not be domesticated by reinterpreting everything in the biblical worldview so that it fits nicely with secular naturalistic ways of thinking about the world. Be ready for the extraordinary as well as the ordinary ways that evil spirits work. Don't be presumptuous as though demons were weak and don't be anxious as though they're stronger than Jesus. Ephesians 6, 10 through 18 says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground and after you have done everything to stand, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. So the New Testament affirms that there is a spiritual battle and we have engagements with the enemy, with evil spirits through temptations, uh, attacks, 
And the way we stand against the enemy is to put on the armor, to stand in faith, to know truth, to know the gospel, uh, to use scripture just like Jesus did when Satan tempted him. And we remember that God is in control, that God has power over all evil spirits. So we don't need to be afraid. We don't need to be intimidated. We don't need to be anxious, but we do need to be wise and we need to stand firm. And the lesson that we get from this chapter uh, is that sometimes some issues take prayer and fasting for the breakthrough to come, uh, for the answer to prayer to come. And we shouldn't be discouraged by delays, but we should continue seeking God. And so as you go to Connect Group this week, uh, some of the things to think about is what does it tell us about God, uh, that He answers prayer, that He speaks, that He sends angels Uh, What does it tell us about God's character that he would say to someone, you are highly esteemed, you are deeply loved? Uh, What does it say about God that when someone has a vision that their strength leaves them and they fall down on the ground? Uh, What are the things we learn about God's character through this? Again, what do we learn about people, about human nature? Uh, And then how does this apply How does this apply to life? What does it mean to be in a spiritual battle? If there's a a spiritual battle going on uh, that we cannot see, what should we do about it? How should we live in light of that? How should we pray? How should we respond when our prayers are, the answers to our prayers are delayed? These these are some great questions, and I just want to encourage you to spend time in prayer, in quiet, asking the Lord about this so that when you get to your connect group, you've spent time reflecting on it, and you really have something to share about what God has shown you. Uh, we've got two chapters left in the book of Daniel, and they're not easy chapters, but I just want to encourage you to hang in there to keep pressing in and to ask God for insight. So may God bless you as you go to your connect group this week, and may he give you insight and understanding into his word.